0: Okay, welcome everyone. As usual, today's class is a continuation and um, a build up of last week. Very, very profound. Um, I'm going to start off like this that one of the things that, you know, especially now going on with everything going on in the world, we could look around in the world and say, why does it seem to be, or why is it actually a reality that somehow the voice of evil and the voice of darkness always seems to have the microphone, right? It's like the Sheker. it's like, we know what's truth. We know that there's lies and we know that there's truth. And, you know, there's MS and Shekhar and there's dark and light. And somehow the evil of the world just, like like now, you know, with the war going on with Hamas, it's like, you don't have to have even a tiny little brain to know and to see that Hamas are terrorists. I mean, they're not hiding it. They put out their own videos and made it so clear to the world who they are and what they are. And still, they have the whole world, most of a lot of the world, <laughs> backing them and supporting them and being pro-Hamas, so much so that even Jew, many Jews themselves are pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas. Like, how is it? How is it that we could be in such a place that such false and clear evil could somehow have the microphone? So that's what we're going to talk about. It. Um, we see this all through history that you know the people who have had the light, who have had the, the the truth, who've been like you know the 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 people who have tried to bring messages of truth have been crushed and suppressed. All all through history, we see it even even with. Jewish in within the Jewish community themselves, there's so many stories of Nevi'im coming and warning the Jewish people, right? Like stop serving idols. And if you keep serving idols, then this is gonna happen. And, and to the point that they tried to kill Nevi'im or maybe even killed some Nevi'im and stone them and chase them out because it was like, we don't wanna hear this. We don't want this to be true. We're just gonna silence you. And we see the history of Chabad, right? Like the Alter Rebbe was imp- imprisoned and sent to prison by fellow from Jews who just couldn't handle what he was sharing like no, how can you say that you know you could look and and people and so many people hating the Bal shem tov how could you go and run and say that everyone has a special neshama and that you could love everyone, and you could teach us like we have to silence this. Um, and we see, even now, you know, and of course again what I said about with the war, we see it, but even there's so many stories of in youtube or social media like people going out and speaking the truth and, exp- and like being brave to say you know going against like politically correct or like you know what where society thinks is truth and they speak the truth and youtube kicks them off and silences them or you know refuses to publish certain books or getting them off social media so when we we see this it could look like you know the world is so dark and what do we do and how do we transform it and and how could Hashem even allow such a thing that they have such a loud voice and and what do we do about this so last week we spoke about redeeming the energy of Atmos right the source energy the energy of light and love that's above fragmentation above dichotomy above separation this feeling that could give us a space of like anchorness and wholeness and safety and being able to arrive in our own body because we're access this light that's been suppressed and hidden this week the rabbi is going to take it to the next level and he's going to talk about how do we redeem and reveal not only the energy or the feeling of asmus but the actual voice of atmos, the self-expression the expression of Atmos. that 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 the expression and the voice of Atmos has also been redeemed and suppressed and hidden so um, to the point that yeah that that those of us who are sharing truth and expressing truth and living truth that we're able to express and use the voice of Atmos, use the source energy use hashem's energy to flow through us to the point that we don't feel trapped we don't feel afraid we don't we could be able to express this truth clearly and eloquently and that we don't have any inhibitions but also that that voice is not suppressed in the world and and and, and another point that the rabbi is going to say an even deeper point that our inner voice inside of us like that inner inner knowing you know we can say like I'm worthy and people should treat me with respect and I'm worthy of abundance and I don't need to prove myself. Like love is unconditional and money is unconditional. But like we could say that, but do we really mean it? Do we really know that? Are we really, do we feel that in our bones? So the rabbi is going to talk about like redeeming that inner voice, like deep, deep in our subconscious, like in our bones, in our, in our inner knowing that that voice is redeemed, that our inner voice is screaming, my needs matter. I am worthy. I don't need to prove myself to be, receive abundance. Like I am a queen. I am Hashem's queen. I am essence. I am worthy of everything to the point that our inner being knows that so much that we don't have all those inner voices anymore. That's trying to shut that down or gets us confused. Like a part of us is like, Well, maybe I don't need to prove myself or be a martyr to get love or to have abundance or to have everything I need, but then there's another part of me that still. feels suppressed and feels like I have to prove myself so it's redeeming that inner voice that's that's deep within us that takes over our whole body that we can really live that and and own that. Okay. Um, So now we have to understand where, where was those voices? And how do we redeem them? How we how do we access that? So the rabbis gonna explain that basically, these truths, these voice, like the voice of Atmos, the voice of essence, again, knowing our inherent worth and knowing that we're worthy of everything and of abundance and receiving abundance and also the, the light and the truth and the MS being able to like, take over the mic, and you know, be able to express and take over the world has always been here, this voice of Atmos, but the problem is, is that it's been trapped under the Paro energy. It's been trapped in the evil energy in the and in modern terms, we could call it the narcissistic energy. Like Paro, what does he represent? And we could say like now, well there's no Paro, We're not in Egypt, but we've been speaking about that for many weeks. But I also wanna explain that Paro, who he was, besides the fact that he was a king and he was evil and he enslaved the Jewish people and all of that, he was like the ultimate the stereotype narcissistic personality. As we know that it describes him that he he went around and pretended that he was a god, right? And he said, I am indispensable. I'm forever. I don't even need to go to the bathroom. According to my first, right? right? At nighttime, he would go into the Nile River to release himself because he didn't even want anyone to know that he had human needs because he wanted to present himself and you know personify that as if he's he's a god and has everything so he was and everything that he did and all the choices he made was all around me 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 I'm the king I'm god I'm everything like everything has to be revolved around me so we all know if we can stop and think about it there's narcissistic energy still in the world it's what does it mean a, a russia virale a russia virale is is full evil where it's complete narcissist completely the whole world revolves around me in a negative way and then russia is someone who has some good but also narcissistic tendencies where they're out of alignment and they don't know their true worth and they need to get their worth out of alignment from outside source and then Bainani doesn't act on their narcissistic tendencies at all and it's sad because someone that transforms themselves so much so deeply so inherently and so knows their values from their source from Hashem that they don't have narcissistic tendencies at all they just flow with their true worth with Hashem so anyway so there's there is narcissistic energy in the world and Hamas I mean they're total evil total narcissist their whole life is you know they create a whole propaganda and created the whole world uh, to to be wrapped around their fingers it's it's ridiculous it makes no sense so so This is very much in line against the, again, these are puzzle pieces. So we could understand this sort of, even though it's a lot to grasp, but because of all the weeks that we've been talking about it, that because osmos and source energy is so high and so profound and so powerful, and we are human bodies, weren't vessels, weren't able to be able to experience and be vessels for this light and stay embodied and stay here in this world. We couldn't, we couldn't, we couldn't be a limited body with unlimited infinite energy it wasn't possible so we've been talking about it right that our bodies couldn't contain it we needed to be vessel slowly so Hashem hid his energy under the darkness of our body but everything that's in our body is also parallel to what's going on in the world and Hashem hid his his voice his self-expression his infinite abounding light and worthiness and and, and all of that underneath paro underneath the evil energy that they, this light has always been here, has been in this world. But it's almost like it was hidden under darkness or you could say like almost like the dark energy stole it or has it for them and they use it. And that's why they have the mic because we weren't vessels yet to use it in its holy form, in its true form. And so the power energy of the world, the negativity have been the one to have it. Okay, I'm gonna pause here and see if anyone has any questions because I feel like this is already a lot. Anyone or you're following? Hi, is it's question being recorded or? Is what? The question being recorded? Yeah. I don't want to disturb, okay. I'll ask after. It's fine, if it's about this to clarify, I I appreciate clarification, so it's okay.
1: Wondering. It's a narcissism, but is it also possibly like the narcissism in us, like the one that wants to wear a mask? Yeah. Because when you said that, like he he doesn't he doesn't you know go to the restroom, like I feel like that's like him not showing up fully, and I'm wondering if that is also like when we kind of pretend that we're God, we get everything, we we understand, we we don't. I'm I'm wondering if it's not just the power, it's it's. The parent.
0: Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. I, I fully, fully hear and receive your question, and I appreciate questions, even on the recording, because it helps clarify for everyone. And it's, it's a lot when I just speak, 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 speak. So I think it's good to like slow down, ask questions. Um. So yeah, exactly, hundred percent. So everything that we say, when whether whether you're talking about on a personal level or on a cosmic level in the universe, it's it's both. So our whatever is in the in the world mirrors is within within inside of us because we're a mini world and whatever is within us mirrors to the outside world so whenever we talk about power or narcissistic energy or dark energy or that Hashem's Atmos is hidden under the dark energy it's in the world and it's also within us like our greatest power our greatest light our greatest freedom our greatest pleasure is underneath the dark places within our body, are the mo- the things that we're most afraid of, the thing that, that we most avoid. And what you're saying about Parai being within us and the mask is, is a great example. And it's 100% that, that how does one become a narcissist or have a mask or pretend like, oh, I'm so perfect and my life's great and everything's wonderful. And, you know, like we put on this or like this false ego, right? Like this ego energy that, you know, pretending that we have it all figured out. It comes from complete, complete, complete disalignment from the truth. When but feeling- I
1: also, I feel like it's almost a protection. It's not even necessarily such a negativity. We put on a mask because we're um, maybe shy, not shy. Um, we're protecting ourselves. It's, it's, you know, I want to look like an perfectionist. I want to look like I have it all together. Right. I but what are we like protecting everything. from?
0: What are we protecting it's from? From our ego. It's our ego. It's, right.
1: it's our ego that thinks it's God.
0: Right. But why? why do we need an ego to protect us so (laughs) good question yeah so that so the answer is that what i'm explaining is that we only need an ego to protect us if we feel inherently unsafe or inherently unworthy or worthless or afraid that our needs won't be met or we won't get you know what we need or we won't be loved or we will be abandoned or whatever it's coming because we were raised in exile right and in a state where there was we were disconnected from the source from this flow from atsmos and that's why the rabbi keeps saying week by week by week how to free ourselves and heal the world and transform the world through redeeming this atsmos the source energy is going to be the solution to everything um the reason why we've had egos false egos or control our life or have this people pleasing or this perfectionism or these masks is because we feel threatened. We feel we're not safe by who we are, or we're not good enough, or we are inside, we feel worthless, or we feel like our needs, our needs won't be met if we show our true self. And that's coming from being a victim to paro energy to very, a negative, very, very negative space, the the things within us that have been very suppressed. And so we have to create an illusion and create like narcissistic tendencies or whatever or illusions. Um, and and it, it blocks us from fully expressing our true self. So the solution what, what was that?
1: I said it was very helpful. That was that was very clear. That clarified it for me. Thank you.
0: Okay, good. Yeah. Can you're I welcome. ask a question as well? Yeah. My question
2: is, um, so I, I think when you project yourself not to be perfect but to have it together i think it's also just about you know you don't i am not airing your dirty laundry but i don't think everyone has to know everything if you're not doing okay if you are doing okay i think it's also just like being presentable sometimes
0: 100% and actually it it, it it's it's not self-loving to go around and putting out and it's not it's not fair to us and it's not fair to other people so uh, thank you for clarifying if if it came across that i was saying that I actually don't believe in sharing our dirty laundry. And I think that the, one of the ways that we elevate the world is to take care of our own stuff and show up to others, not in a space of lack or need, but in a space of flow and abundance. like when we feel good to connect to others and not use others and to like do our own work to really, when we're feeling disaligned or unsettled or anxious to really, you know, whatever help support we need to like come back into alignment and connect in the world from a from a flow state but what I'm saying is is that it's it's not about sharing our dirty laundry but it's also the opposite is not about masking showing up in a mask like not being who we truly are living free is I am enough I'm inherently loved Hashem made me exactly as I am with my personality with my strengths with my self-expression with my abilities with my struggles it's this is who I am this is the creation of Hashem and his perfection and I don't need to change something about myself or pretend or suffocate my atmas, my source energy, my truth in order to make sure that I make it in life or that I'm loved or that I succeed. Because then our ego is the one that's controlling our life in order to preserve its self-perseverance. It's like trying to survive instead of thriving and trusting that the opposite is the more that we live our authentic self and then letting Hashem express himself through us, then it's us living, Hashem is living through us and fulfilling his desires through us. And then, of course, Hashem is going to give us everything we need. We don't have to deny or suppress in order. That's us taking control of our lives because we didn't know the truth. Anyways, I hope that, that that's clear. Yeah, thank you okay you're welcome okay let's let's move along um so yeah so my last point what I was saying is is that because Asmos has all always been here Hashem created the world and he put his essence in this physical world to have a dear so where has it been why haven't we accessed it it's been here but it's been underneath the darkness within our bodies within our bones and in the world so the microphone that I'm saying is that the dark energy of the world has the loudest voice and is suppressing the light is because they have that flow energy. They have like the narcissistic energy. They're using the holiest, most powerful lights, but in the most convoluted, most destructive, most darkest way. It's it, it they they own that light, but they're using it in such a dark way. And our job is to redeem that and to reveal the truth and to use it for for Hashem in the right way. So when we read inside you're going you're going to see more but um <clears throat> because so just to explain again because if we if we had access to the flow and to the light and the self-expression and everything we weren't we didn't have vessels for it yet. So meanwhile while we were getting hardened and you know our vessels were getting ready and we were you know doing doing the first stage of getting the world ready for the marriage of us and Hashem the evil had this flow this energy now if you understand if you think about it break it down what is narcissistic energy it's I am God the world should revolve around me I will fight for all at all costs to preserve myself and even if it means you know a million lies and and it's stepping over everybody else, whatever it takes to like protect my turf and to protect like what I believe is true and and, and everything needs to revolve around me. It's so dark, but if you, if you switch it around and you see like, where's that holy? It's the anaihi right? Like my essence is Hashem's essence. I, my eye, I am, my eye is so profound and so powerful because it's Hashem within me. And I would do anything anything to protect Hashem's eye within me I will do whatever it takes to stand up and to preserve what Hashem desires within me and to speak my truth and to and and the whole world was created for me yes it talks about the antania talks about Hasidus every person should believe that the whole world was made it just for me because my spark of essence that's within me the whole world was for me and for you and for everyone because Hashem's within us and we'll do whatever it takes to stand up and you know even to the point, like, you know, narcissists have a whole act where they like create this whole facade in order to get their needs met. And in the holy way is like, whatever it takes, whatever I need to do, whatever, you know, to be able to be my authentic self, to be a vessel for Hashem to flow through me. You know, something we see in, in Tara, like there's so much, so many times that like, we could raise our earbuds and be like, why did Yaakov, Yaakov is the one who of all our Avraham Yitzchak and Yaakov, Yaakov was the only one who actually trailblazed this facing the narcissistic energy and facing the darkness and revealing and redeeming the Atmos light. Avraham Yitzchak had a bit of a different path and we spoke about it in other classes, but Yaakov was the one who actually trailblazed this path. And we see through Yaakov that a lot of things were done with deceit, right, like he had to even like when he's quote unquote stole the bracha and he had to pretend he was Asav in order. To get the bracha from, from Yitzhak. And why didn't why couldn't that happen in a straight way? Because it's almost like sometimes when you're dealing with the darkness, it's like you show up in the way they do, but you use it for holiness. It's like the redemption. I saw there was a video going around in the beginning of, of the war, um, where there's a pro-Israel, pro-Jewish Arab who was going around and he was like screaming at the Israelis and all the Jews, and he's like, take it from an Arab, fight like an Arab. He said, the Jews are too nice. They, people please, and they feel bad. And you know, they're so into like preserving life. And he's like, if you're gonna fight the Arabs, you need to fight like the Arabs. Don't care and just go and kill those people. Just get rid of them. Like just, you know, take their the the negative of the Arabs and use it to fight the holy war. And And it, there was an Arab, literally an Arab, going or a a Palestinian guy who was pro israel was screaming that to the Jews to give them that strength and like learn learn from the negative but use it in a positive way so I think like this is so so in line now now we're gonna jump into the so this week's Parsha is by alpari right and the Rebbe is going to speak about the Rebbe asked the question why does this week's Parsha speak, what, if this Parsha is the beginning of the redemption, right? When we start getting out of Mitzrayim, why does it buy El Paray? And also, why do we have to face Paray? Why do we have to have all these dialogues? And every time Moshe came to Paray, it got worse and worse and worse before it got better. Don't Didn't we suffer enough? can we just, Hashem could have done anything. He could have made a cloud come and picked all the Jewish people up and just drop them into Eretz Yisrael, you know? Why do we have to have all this dialogue? So the rabbi is explaining because you have to face pari by Parai is the way to redemption because pari has the light has the source has the holy holy atmos light. In a convoluted evil way, if you escape pari and don't face pari and just spiritualize we're going we're running away we're going to as well we don't want to face pari you could you might be spiritual and you might feel good. But you're still very limited, and you're still trapped, because you're not connected to atmas, you're not connected to the powerful flow energy, and having true dear, and having a true marriage. So all these people were like, I'm just spiritualizing, and, you know, toxic positivity, I don't want to think I don't want to feel I don't want to go there. It's the past, it's dark, I just want to be in the light, I just want to be happy all the time. You could feel like you're in a, having a sense of freedom, but that's but you're. Are you really, really living free? Are you really living tra- tranquil? Are you really, really comfortable with yourself? Do you feel Hashem's essence flowing through you? Well, then you're not truly, truly free. And that's why we have to face paray. And the, we're going to see when we read inside the facing parai is a continuous thing that continues through in, now in our generation, facing the parts of us that are most oppressed or most, you know, the lies that tells us we're not worthy or the parts of us that feels a victim, the parts of us that were most have held us back from the true flow and our true worthiness and the voice of knowing who we are and the the queen voice of knowing that abundance is possible and available for all of us because they have the light. So we have to redeem it from them. We have to face it in order to bring it back to holiness because otherwise it stays trapped. And, and, And yeah, and this is the way now, we know. I know. Again,
2: we're gonna. Yeah, me clarify. Why did Hashem need to put His holiest, essential light within the darkest places? Why he, Why?
0: It was like it was like um. Imagine you know, uh, let's say a, a treasure, right? Like a um a, a treasure, and there's, I I don't know. I'm I'm thinking an example on the spot, but let's say you know, a king has a treasure for his his son who's gonna be the future king, and his kid is immature and not wise and he knows that if he accesses this treasure like he will just use it and abuse it and it won't be used for the right way so he hides this treasure under this like dark room that's closed and he knows his son is afraid of that room and he'll never go into that room because that's the scary room where his son thinks is like you know demons in there and shadows and it's like cobwebs like i would never go in that room and he knows that he trusts that his son as he matures and as he gets older he'll give him like a little guide you know P.S., the treasure is in the darkest, most scary room that you most avoided your whole childhood. When you're ready to face that room, you're gonna find that treasure. And he knows that when his son is in a mature enough level to face that darkness, that's when it's gonna, he's gonna be mature enough to access the treasure and use it wisely. So it's the same thing with us. It's like we weren't, we weren't ready for that light. And so Hashem, He needed he put it in this world it's been here all this time, but he hid it in the place that he knew and trusted that we didn't have, we wouldn't go there. It's
3: a hiding, it's a hiding place. So are you saying that Hashem's light is trapped within narcissism, for example?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the narcissism within us and the places that we've most victim and most suppressed and most The like the play the belief our belief systems that we're most afraid of like we're not worthy and our needs are not going to be met and we have to prove ourselves and all the masks all of that light is trapped
3: within that like my unworthiness how's Hashem light trapped inside my unworthiness because okay that's a great question so when I feel unworthy
0: it makes me feel like I need to prove my worth, right? So if I'm unworthy, let's say of love and of money, right? So if I'm unworthy of money and abundance, then that means I need to be a martyr. So I need to work 24 seven, maybe do a job that I absolutely hate. It takes away from my emotional intimacy with myself, with my husband, with my kids. I'm miserable. I hate it. I'm so overwhelmed and exhausted, but how else am I gonna have get my needs met? Or you know, I don't feel inherently loved. So I have to suppress my truth because my authentic self won't be loved. And so I, so basically keeps us completely disconnected. But when we face that and we redeem it and we say, oh my gosh, the truth, that voice, when we go into that pain of the feeling of like, oh my gosh, I always felt like when our body's ready, first, when we're just a martyr and we're living in that way, we're so disconnected. We don't even know that we're disconnected. We think it's normal life when that stops working for us and you know our external life starts imploding and our kids start yelling and screaming and our marriage is not working and things are just we feel pain like eventually it comes to haunt us and then it forces us to slow down and to look at it in the face and then eventually to get into our body and it's like why am I doing that why am I doing oh because I feel inherently unworthy I feel like my needs are not going to be met if I don't do all those things. And then you start feeling the pain in your bones, like that feeling of like, oh my gosh, like I had to suppress myself and make myself so small because there was no space for me, or I didn't feel like there was, my needs were important or valid or whatever. And then you feel the pain that's facing the pari. And when you release those voices and the voice has a place to express like those lies and the pain and you feel the pain and have Hashem go with you and feel that you know, let Hashem hold you through that because it's scary. We're going to talk about that more. Once that voice is redeemed and exposed, all of a sudden, the true voice of Atmos comes and is like, I'm a queen. I am so worthy. Like, life is abundant. Money is unlimited. Like, it's infinite, you know, and I'm loved exactly as I am because Hashem made me this way and Hashem loves me and Hashem sees me. And wow, all of a sudden, your body knows the truth. Now, we can say in the space that we're in right now, well, why couldn't we know that all along? But if we stop and we're honest with ourselves, we're becoming more comfortable with this level of unconditional love and this level of abundance. But think about like, anyway, I know for myself in my journey, you know, I was completely addicted to drama and to chaos and I needed to have chaos. I needed to have drama. I needed to have things to be like, when my kids didn't need me and everything was calm, I would go crazy. I didn't know what to do with myself. Or like being like having true intimacy with my husband. I'm not saying on an emotional level where he just like wants to give me and love me and take care of me. It was like, I don't know how to receive that. That's so uncomfortable. I mean, we are so like, even someone gives you a compliment and says, oh, you're so beautiful or I love you. Or, you know, I want to bring your present. Oh no, it's fine. Like we just, we've shut it down. Like we're so uncomfortable with vulnerability, with love, with tenderness, with. So it's the same thing with Hashem. It's like our body is like weren't, we were even scared, we're scared of the dark, but we're also scared of the light. And that's what the rabbi is going to talk about, that the Moshe wasn't only afraid to face Pari because of his evil. He was afraid to face Pari because of the powerful light that he was facing. Meaning Hashem even had to hold him through that. Like we're, when we access the truth of who we are, like we're uncomfortable with that. Like what? You mean I don't have to be a martyr? I don't have to hustle and bustle. I don't have to prove myself. I don't need a Make it work. I don't need to figure out how to solve all my kid, all my kids' struggles. I don't need to like solve all the world's problems. Oh my gosh, look, what, what, what does that mean? Like, I just could receive abundance and like experience delight in this world and have pleasure and joy. Like, are you serious? Like, no, that's so uncomfortable. Like, I don't know what to do with that. We're 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 just as uncomfortable with that light as we are with the dark. So. It has to happen slowly, 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 slowly and acclimate our bodies to be vessels for that. Because we ourselves are we're not it's too much. It's it's a lot. It's not too much, but it's because of the way we were. We it's we have to do it so yeah, Gila.
2: Especially we are we can't bear almost not to be too busy.
0: Exactly. Because what, what happens when, when you stop being so busy and you're still, what happens is all that's left is to be intimate with Hashem, with yourself, with your family, with your husband. And intimacy is so scary for us. So, so that leads me to when, when it's, we're going to see inside that the Moshe is not only afraid to face Pari because of the darkness, but he's also afraid to face Pari because of the light, because of to receive that level of unconditional love and that level of intimacy and face-to-face connect to Hashem's source, it's like, oh, am I really w- able to face this level of worthiness and love?
3: Can yeah. I just say about parts and paro? Mm-hmm. I got into IFS because uh, Joseph Yitzchak Jacobson interviewed uh, Richard Schwartz, who, who discovered it, as he puts it, <clears throat> and he talks about redeeming oh. Your parts—it's very, very like Gula language. It's strange. It's really—he's not a from guy. I don't, he's not even Jewish. Only his father's Jewish. But he talks about redeeming exiles and redeeming parts, and it almost sounds like the Sitra Achra is like those parts of you that are covering up your essence, your atmos and protect you, like the protectors. They're protecting. They think they're doing the right thing. And they'll only go away if you face them and if you acknowledge them and if you thank them for their service and if you ask their permission, they, they have to, like it was in today's Tanya, that the the sitra aha, the klipa has to give you permission. The klipa has to give you permission and let you go. And it sounds very much like IFS, like giving you permission and combining with atmos uniting with atmos and also that's what the Tanya says that the the the, the zaina all she wants is is to be part of atmos she doesn't want to do her job these protectors they don't want to be carrying these burdens yeah they're exactly they're
0: they' they were designed to protect and to block the atmos at the source because we weren't ready for it yet so all of this time it was like blocking this treasure and that's why you know we've been trained to avoid it because we weren't ready for it but now the rabbi is saying no you don't have to be afraid of the citra anymore like you we did all the work we are caleb for it now we are vessels we are ready we have so much light and so much we've done so much of the spiritual work of refining ourselves we are ready now to face citra in the face whatever that means to us and for us and to redeem
3: redeem the truth Maybe that's what le'yached yehudim means, because the Rebbe says now we're all tzaddikim, we have a new avoda, our avoda is not anymore to elevate sparks, now our avoda is to me'yached yeah. yehudim. Literally, what does it mean? It means to unify parts, unify yehudim, are parts that stand alone. Mm-hmm. And that's the, the tzaddikim, is if we unify our parts. Maybe this is like...
0: Yeah, no, not maybe. <laughs> this is the, exactly, this is the gulah and it's tzaddik avoda that... A Russia, even a Russia Vatovo, right? He could do a lot of good things, but he's still, all his parts have never been transformed because he's always avoiding and running away and trying to stay spiritual and stay above. Even a Bainani, they do all the right things, but they still haven't faced that darkness. It's Yaakov that goes inside. It's the third way. And the third way is the Gaula way. It's the third base Amigdash, where we don't leave anything behind, where we face all the parts, and look at everything in the eye and say, even in this, there's Hashem, even in this. And the places that are most scary is, has the highest lights because it's been the most suppressed and most hidden because it's the most abundant. So, you know, facing those, the deepest, darkest places. And that is the Tzadik Avoda. And that's what brings us that we're going to read inside is what brings us to a place that even even though we had Gula then, we got out of Mitzrayim, but we still had to run and we had to leave, you know. Um, there was an aspect that we left in the morning. We didn't leave at night, but we still were running away from the Mitzrayim. And the Rebbe says that this Gula, there's no, we're not going to have to run from anything anymore. Everything is so redeemed and so transformed. And so we, we looked at everything in the eye that there's just, it's just going to happen in the most natural, tranquil, peaceful way. We're not afraid of anything anymore. We faced everything.
1: So how does that practically work? Because I, I, I really feel that, mm-hmm. um, but it doesn't feel tranquil feels like childbirth and is, I yeah. need epidural. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And we well, need all the doulas
0: in the world, the highly sensitive doulas to like, get us a hundred percent. We definitely need doulas and it is childbirth and you, you're not making that up. We've learned all through life that Gula, yeah. is, a, Gula is a birthing process and we're birthing atmos. So what does tranquil mean? So, I'm still
1: like, what does that mean? Cause I, I, maybe I'm half tranquil, half I, I do tap into that. And mm-hmm. when you were saying about Yaka and going in a sneaky way, I was actually thinking like, that's such femininity, you know, like where we don't say it explicitly, but you. Do what you need to do. <laughs> do what you need to do. It's underneath, it's beneath the surface. And um, it's, it's like, we're the most physical in a way, but it's also the most spiritual. Yeah. Like the raising the homes, the houses, the physical. Yeah.
0: And sometimes we know, we know, like the women have like a lot, the Bina and we have Das and we really, we we know the bigger picture, right? And we'll, sometimes we have to do things or whatever and we know, it's like not everyone has to know the whole story behind it. Like we know what's really going on 100%. So to say about Tranquil and Peace is ultimately <laughs> we're going to arrive to a place that is going to be Shabbos 24-7. We're going to live in, Sh- in a Shabbos mode, in an internal Shabbos where we're, Shabbos queen, we're receivers, we have abundance, everything's, everyone the same way Shabbos receives from the week and the whole week does everything to prepare for Shabbos and Shabbos is a state of being that we're going to so be so connected to that queen energy and our abundance and everything that like and we're going to read this inside also, this is also part of the Sicha, that
1: the world but is But is our purpose to go into that now, like to pretend to like start it?
0: I, so I'm, I'm yeah, always so-
1: confused about that because I feel like we're in, in between We are. We're like we are. we are okay we're,
0: we're, we're doing, like half- we're, we're doing the gula vida and at the but at the same time gula is possible now meaning we could have more and more and more access to it and meaning you could say like oh we're in the midbar now but i will say we're even in more than in the midbar because we could if we were stuck in the midbar we could say then we don't have access to any gula now but the is saying so i feel like we're one foot in one foot out almost And like it, but it depends fluctuating. on fluctuating the- it depends on the person depends where, yes, yes right. it depends where you're at meaning someone could have more and more and more experience of arts where they feel like wow all week I managed to stay in arts and I was experiencing arts and it's not complete and we're working on it more and more but it depends on where you're at and depends on your work depends on your process your mindset and everything but the point is yes our goal is that eventually we're going to have total total tranquility and peace but I don't know how, how many weeks. I, know, I think you're the fir- first time here on a live class. I've been listening to I caught up. Oh, amazing. Yeah, so, I
1: yeah, messaged you. I really liked your classes. Oh, thank yeah.
0: you. Yeah. So the rabbi, I, I don't remember, I think maybe in Parshas Neach, the rabbi was talking about that the more we have clarity, like learning these and understanding what we're doing and how to do it, that we could even have tranquility and peace through the pain and through the process. Of facing these parts because if we know and this was the rabbi's message i'm pretty sure it's precious Nayach, that when we tap into like oh my gosh i feel so uncomfortable like i feel a tornado inside my system like i feel like so much energy so much emotion coming up and it's like i the citra within me like the lies are storming because they're coming out of suppression and they're coming out of this zombie state and they're coming to express how painful it was to to ear itself out to redeem more atmos like even though i'm uncomfortable even though it hurts the part that's so much bigger than me can hold this and and be so thrilled that this shift is happening because i'm about to access something that i've never accessed and have so much more accessibility to source energy and to freedom and to light like I can do this and I can do this with joy. Like the same way your child is having a tantrum and it's uncomfortable and they're screaming and they're yelling, they're kicking, but but it feels also so good that like I'm staying so calm and I'm being a loving mother for this child and I'm not bashing them and I'm not suppressing them and I'm not telling them to stop and I'm holding them like, wow, like I'm so grateful that I could be that loving anchor for them even though it's uncomfortable that they're like screaming and yelling on my lap and they're even punching me and they're hurting me but like i i also feel joy that i'm that i'm being that mother that i wish i had you know that i could be that for my child so you could even access tranquility and peace through this birthing process the same way equivalent that you're giving birth to a child and it's painful and you're saying i'm about every pain and every the deeper and deeper that now I'm going into transition and the deeper this pain is, it just means I'm getting closer to holding my baby. Each step that it gets harder. So you could hold both at the same time. Hope that makes sense, that's clear. Um, let me see if there's anything more I wanted to say before we um, go into the reading. Actually, I actually think i pretty much said everything i wanted to say through the questions i think like everything where hashem came up so we're gonna read does anyone have anything else to say or ask i have a quick question yeah
2: does does, does the sicha specify if we're going into paro in us or in the world because i feel like it's very different like are we supposed to yell hamas is really nothing it's just you know what i mean no So how do we, how do we
0: expose the lie in the world if it's just, if we're just exposing it in us? Right. Because I hear what you're saying. It could almost seem like if we redeem the true voice and we express that voice in clarity, then we're fighting against the evil. Exactly. Right. But so that's a good question. So let me, hopefully I could explain this. So it's not, we're not using our voice to fight evil because then we're, were behaving as if they have any power they have no power like what i'm going to fight with some like little child who's like a bully who thinks they have power like you're nothing i'm not going to fight with you you don't even exist what i am going to do is i'm going to redeem any hamas that's in my body that's still holding me captive i'm going to face that and redeem that that my body's flowing with truth and with essence and with positive flowing passionate Powerful light of Atmos. and every time I do that, I redeem and own, take away less power from them because it's an it's an a war, it's a war of energy. It's energy. It's all energy. Mm-hmm. So I'm taking that source energy back home to where it belongs. My voice gets stronger. I'm not using my voice to fight you. I'm using my voice to express Hashem's atmus through me and in whatever way He wants to express it, whether He wants to sing or wants to. Sh- teach Tyra or wants to give love to someone or wants to, you know, whatever, however, Hashem wants to show up for me in this moment, that part of Atmos is being redeemed and used authentically in a holy way through my holy body. They don't Atmos loses, it, it gets redeemed, it goes back to where it's coming out of captivity. That's the power. And if Hashem in that moment, authentically in our voice, wants to express truth or feels wants to go on social media and say something against Hamas, and that's coming from a desire and from flow, then Hashem wants to express himself in that way. That's fine. Not because we think we have to control the world or we think that they have any power. It's just because we're using Atmos in the way that it's supposed to be, authentically in flow. Hi Uhuris. You're gonna have to go back. We're talking all about power. <laughs> No, but actually it's perfect timing because we're going to read inside now. Um, There's so...
2: That's a fine line from what you're saying to becoming a narcissist yourself in that process of like thinking, I got it. I, you know, I'm not going to be pulled down by even Hamas, even the darkest of darks because Hashem is in me. Even that is... Totally. what I mean it's everything
0: everything because we have so much of this energy because we were born and raised in exile we have a lot of these dark mentalities within us and we could we could do healing in in the you know and in a dark way or in an ego way or and we could do things in the name of Hashem we could spiritualize we can so many things not coming from a pure place and you know, there's so many people I know who are like fighting the darkness and always talking about the evil in the world and the evil in the world. And, and they think that they're doing so much good, but I'm like, I, I'm not there to tell them, but I, I see in their energy, they're so dark and they're so heavy because they think like by talking and knowing how evil this world is and following, you know, and they're exposing the evil, but they're consumed by the evil. The evil has so much power over them. Like, imagine like I don't even want to I don't even like you have no power you have no space in my body in my home in my thoughts I am going to live with delight and pleasure and joy and if I have pain and if things come up then of course then I'm going to face it I'm going to hold space for that I'm going to redeem it so that I have more pleasure and more delight and more joy at the other end but like it is such a fine line and and the way to know is is it does this feel heavy does this feel intense? Does this feel overwhelmed? Do I feel like I'm carrying this? Or does this feel light? When we when Hashem flows through us, we feel so light because Hashem is doing the work and we're just the vessel. We're not, we're not holding, we're just the vessel. When we feel heavy and overwhelmed and stressed, it's that we start carrying our own selves again. And that's when it starts feeling heavy and in anything, in relationships, and how we raise our kids, how we do our shluchas, our work, or everything. If it feels heavy, it means that we're we're doing some of the heavy lifting instead of Hashem doing the work through us. Because when Hashem does it, it's unbelievably miraculously light and pleasurable and flowing and it just happens with, through our beingness in the most delightful way. Yes, Rachel Hanna.
1: Hi, loving this class. Um, is it possible that stepping out of our comfort zones into a space that is aligned with Hashem could feel heavy because it's scary, because it's new.
0: Absolutely, hundred percent. And and that's where there's discernment and honesty and slowing down and tuning in, you know, and asking ourselves, like, we have to be real, you know, officers and judges for ourselves. That was another sikha right? And just be really, really honest with ourselves and be like, is this just because I'm scared? Or is this something that I need to move away from? Or is this something I need to face? Or of course, absolutely. Yeah. And and we just, we need to slow down. You know, I I, I have been blessed to live with the energy of the time. <laughs> I mean, this week, Parshas Bhai was like so intense for me. I, I like, felt a lot of like deep, deep stuff inside of me, like facing things about like, suppression and like my needs not being met and whatever things that I had to face because that's the energy of this week and I've already learned like okay like this week is feeling heavier for you so like take a shower at six o'clock and get in pajamas early and take it easy and like like this is real work this is transforming the world like it's not like if we understand and we understand how profound this is and how deep and how cherishing and you know what we're doing through this work, like we're just kinder to ourselves, and then we slow down more and then we could really be honest and know where the pain is coming from and what the source is. But we just have to allow that space and realize that there the rabbi keeps saying, like, there's nothing more important. There's nothing more important. This is what this is all that's left. Okay. So those of you who'd like to follow along, it's page seventy-three. Um, and I'm starting with the like Third or fourth paragraph from Ice Aleph, the first ice. So, according to what is known, and I'm gonna, and there's more than I want to read today because it's so powerful. The Sikha. so I'll read, and then we could discuss a little bit as we go along. According to what is known, that the Exodus from Egypt is the beginning and opening of all redemptions, including the future redemption. About which it says, "Just as in in the days you left the land of Egypt, I shall show them wonders." We may say. The come to Pari, the beginning of the redemption from Egypt is also an introduction to the future redemption. so I wanted to say this this part this paragraph to say that the Rebbe is saying come byal come to Pari is not just a one time thing or a ten time thing you know when it comes to um when it came to mitzraem that byal parai is something that we continue to have to do now for this redemption okay um the next page, it's the in the ice is the second paragraph. And based on this, the question arises, what is the eternal lesson from come to Parai, after the nullification and victory over Parai, the king of Mitzrayim, at the redemption from Mitzrayim, and most certainly after the true and complete redemption, when there will be the fulfillment of the promise, and I shall remove the spirit of impurity from the earth, and there will be no remnant of Pari left, and a foretaste of this now, at the end of the time of exile, when all the refinements, transformation into good, etc., of Klippas Pari, the evil entity of Pari, and the like have already been completed, as spoken many times. This is very profound what the Rebbe is saying here. He's saying, Why do we have to face Pari if the rabbi said, Many times we've already said that they don't have any more power, that the evil has been already you know, he'll transformed, left the world. So what does it mean? So just to explain this, the Rebbe has, has explained in other times, not here, that um, the only evil, the only power that evil actually still has and why it seems to still exist in the world is because we have that evil tendencies or negative energy within us. And it's our negative energy or all our false belief so- systems, our masks, our... Inherent unworthiness or our narcissistic tendencies, whatever that we have within us, that's giving still energy to the external negative that we have in the world. But they, but because of this, they don't have any energy. Like I know so many Jews are afraid of like, oh my gosh, God forbid, what if there's a a second Holocaust or what if, you know, all these terrible things are going to, it's not possible because they actually don't have any more power and they're not going to do anything. They, They can't, they don't have the power to do that. So it only still exists because of within us so when when we have to face the negative the power energy within us. And we may say that I'm continuing right after that, and we may say the explanation of this in accordance with what is known that every entity in the world, even things that are the opposite of good and holiness have a source above and holiness. And this the source in holiness is the true identity of the entity, only that after it goes through numerous gradual graduational descents with many curtains filters and concealments, etc., hiding its true identity, it gradually descends below into an opposite entity. So the Rebbe is explaining, right? That the source energy could come down and be convoluted and just, and the most darkest, most evil places where you least think as Hashem's energy is actually the most. Similarly, now remember I talked about that this week, Sicha, the Rebbe is talking about the redemption of the voice. Of the, of the self-expression and Hashem's truth coming through us. So similarly is also regarding Pari. It says in the Zohar on the verse, and the voice Vahakol was heard in the house of Pari. The house of Pari, this is what you represent above, the house from which is revealed, and is Pariou, burst forth, an idiom of Pari, all lights and all lamps, all that is concealed is revealed from there. And for this reason, Hashem revealed all the lights and all the lamps, in order to illuminate that voice, which is called kol, spelled without a vav. And from Pari in his source in holiness, gradu- graduationally descended into Pari below with his full intensity in the opposite side of holiness. So the Rebbe is talking about the voice here is in the, in the house of Pari, what's his voice? And it says kol without a vav. Now what is vav? Vav is first of all six, which represents Yeside. The aspect of your side, which is connection and Vav also this goes from above to below, so it's that connection piece. The aside, and the fact that this voice doesn't have the Vav, the connection piece, it's representing it's the source energy of the voice of Atmos that's above, above, and below. Like the voice, call with the Vav with the six is the energy, the source energy, the spiritual energy that connects from below to above, like the Tara, that takes spiritual energy and brings it down into the physical. But the Rebbe is saying that this paray energy, this holy energy is like we talked about last week, sikhats even above Tara. It's above spirituality, it's above dichotomy, it's above separation, it's both physical and spiritual, or masculine and feminine, it's source energy. So it doesn't even have the vav because it doesn't even need any connection. It just is, it's the source. So it's the voice of source that's in the house of paray. Um, I'm gonna keep reading. I'm hoping that this is clear because of everything we spoke about before, but if not, then you could jump in. So 77, um, what ice, the end of the third ice or middle. According to this, we must understand as to what is the explanation of come to pari of holiness. Um, How is it possible to say regarding pari of holiness, revelation of godliness, that Misha was afraid? The Maisha should be afraid to go in there by himself and that he should need that Hashem should tell him come to Pari and he himself lead him there, that Hashem should lead him in. So now the rabbi is asking, okay, fine. So if we're saying that when Maisha facing Pari is facing the holiest lights and the voice of Atmos and the voice of source, then what is he afraid of? Why is he afraid? So we talked about this, right? That not only are we afraid of the dark, but we're also afraid of the light. We're afraid of intimacy with Hashem and knowing how worthy we are. So this was he was also afraid to face that he didn't even have vessels at that time for that. So to continue, I'm pretty sure it's the bottom of a Misha was afraid of him and didn't come close since he saw how the revelation of Parai of holiness is rooted in high sources. And therefore, he feared going into the house of Parai, where there is the manifestation of the essence of Parai of holiness. Since a limited creation, a soul in a body, cannot receive the tremendous revelations of his blessed essence, from him is revealed and burst forth all lights. How can a limited creation receive the revelation of all the lights? And one more, a revelation that is above limitations is pario, which comes from the essence of Hashem. So, that, like we spoke about, Misha is not only afraid of the darkness, he's afraid of the light. Like me, a, a, a limited being, in a body and a soul, a soul in a body, like how, how how am I gonna receive this this abundance? This is like so intense. He didn't feel he had the vessels for it. Okay, does anyone have any questions that need clarification or should I keep going?
3: You just do me a favor and um, just tell me what paragraph and what column, because you said page number, just say um, column and paragraph. So okay, because I, I also, Gila also has a different book with a <laughs> different-
0: which, I, which book are you using? I'm curious. It's here, the, Twarmachas in English. Um, if oh. anyone needs, you could text me, and I could send you where you can get it, so you could follow along. Um, Seventy, page seventy-nine on the left, um, the bottom. I skimmed. This is really the end of I skimmed the last paragraph, and we may say that this is alluded to in the continuation of the parsha when parai said to Maisha, "Leave my presence." Guard yourself, don't see me anymore, for the day you will see my face you shall die. Mysha agreed to this, saying, Indeed, as you said, I shall not see your face again. From this it is understood that the words of power have a place in entire and holiness, only as it is in holiness, it is completely good. And the idea behind this is: since the revelation of power of holiness transcends all limitations. Therefore, indeed, the day you will see my face, you shall die. From the perspective of the level of Maisha on his own, a creation remaining a soul in a body cannot take in the revelation of seeing Panecha, literally your face a pyre of holiness, to see the Pneumias, the, the innermost, an idiom of Panecha, of the bursting forth of all the lights, a revelation which transcends all limitations. The revelation of seeing Panecha is specifically as a soul is above the limitations of a physical limited body. Again, reiterating the same point, we were not able, we were not vessels to receive that powerful light, we could not have stayed as souls and bodies, we would have died, we would have gone back to heaven, we could not stay here planted, embodied, and that's why um, we're going to continue reading, but the, the rabbi is saying that, as we know, Misha had to go, first of all, numerous times to paray, and he had to go through chamber, after chamber, after chamber, after chamber, because in order for us, first of all, to face the pain we could only handle a certain amount at a time so it has to be slow like we could be like what I faced pain and then I felt good for the past week and a half like how can more come up what's wrong with me no Hashem give you a week and a half break so you could restore and so you could go deeper you're not going back you're going into another chamber and another chamber but both because we're afraid to feel the darkness and the pain and because we're afraid to receive such light and we don't, and Hashem, the, this Gula has to happen in a very embodied way, we're not transcendent, where we're tranquil and we're peaceful, we're anchored, we're living in a very human way. We also could only transform and redeem a little bit at a time, so we face power a little bit and, you know, feel as much as we can handle, but also because, so that we could, you know, I've had situations times where like I faced something really, really deep and really fast. And then the light came in and I was like flying. Like, it was like, oh my gosh, like I didn't even feel good. It was like too much. So like if you do it slowly and you could receive it and then like process it and integrate it and chew it over. And like, wow, I really am so worthy. Like, wow, I'm really a queen. Like, okay, let me absorb that, you know, so slowly. Um, okay. I, s- Dalid, the first paragraph 79 on the right. For for this, there had to be a
2: what? What? So, what you just read that last paragraph you just read it says the truth of the Torah is yes, as a soul in a body, we cannot receive this essence of Hashem. So, mm-hmm. how did the Rebbe resolve that? That now we
0: can? Yeah, first of all, now we can because there's been many, many, many years, and the Rebbe said like now Gula is here because guess what? We've arrived at the day that our bodies are finally vessels. Number one we are vessels now, but number two, we can't explode our vessels at one, just because we're ready. You know, just because if someone's ready for something, doesn't mean they could handle it all at one time. You know, I'm ready for a thousand presents, but I can't open them all up at once. So give them to me one at a time and I'll open it up and delight in the present and then delight a little more. So we're vessels, but we also have to go chamber by chamber, by chamber, by chamber and to do it slowly so we could handle it. So we could handle it, but we can't handle it all at once. But
2: it seems to be saying, from the perspective of the level of Moshe on his own, a creation, remaining a soul in
0: a body, cannot take
2: place in the revelation. Seemingly,
0: right. So that's now we're going to continue, and Hashem is going to have to go with him. Uh huh. Okay. First of all, Hashem has to go with him because he couldn't. It's it was too much for him, so he needed Hashem to hold him and support him to be able to receive. But also even even maisha was still on a certain level limited it was before the tyra and he needed Aaron to speak for him we're going to continue we'll see okay. um for this there had to be a special command and a special impairment from hashem to maisha and hashem said to maisha come to Pare. hashem brought him into room within rooms here it says that his blessed essence who transcends the entire concept of unlimited and limitation leads Maisha into Pari, accomplishing that also as a soul in a limited body micha has the ability to take in the revelation of the bursting forth of all lights from his bless, from his blessed essence. So the here, the rabbi answers your question, because it's so intense and normally naturally you can't. So it had to happen slow chamber by chamber, and it had to happen with Hashem's assistance. Even the fact that we're le- learning the Sikha now we've done all the Sicha's of Barishas where we're accessing Evan HaShasiya, right? And Hashem's strength and Hashem's light and Hashem's love to hold us, to be able to receive this pari energy. Because we already have hopefully done the, enough work that we have that we're ready for receiving this this level. Okay, Page 83, um, the ice above. And by way of preface that we find something similar to this, i., the phenomenon of come to power in the beginning of the mission of Misha to take the Jews out of Egypt. In explaining the objection of Misha, Tashem, "I am not a man of words, for I am hard of speech and hard of verbalization, and therefore please send one who is appropriate to be sent." It is ex- explained in many places that in the Egyptian exile, the speech of Misha was an exile, and therefore Misha reasoned that through him, there cannot be the redemption of the Jewish people in this physical world, as we shall explain and in view of the spiritual source of matters. Is because of the lofty level of Misha who from the perspective of himself on his own is on a level which transcends manifestation and speech. Um, his level is so great and secret that it cannot be expressed in mere words. Mysha was hard of speech because his source was from the spiritual world of Taihu in which the lights were immense and couldn't clothe themselves in vessels. And this is the concept of hard of speech that he couldn't bring the light of his intellect into the vessels of the mouth. And therefore he said, please send the one who is appropriate to be sent, namely one who is from the world of Tikkun where the vessels are immense so that they may contain the lights. This is so profound because Maisha, remember in the beginning of the class, I was explaining how you know, there's like people who know the truth, who have MS or Israel versus Hamas or, you know, Jews speaking truth or people who have the light, who are being shut down by the narcissist of the or the world or like, you know, trying to shut down the Hasidim. Like, so this is where maisha he's working for Hashem. He has essence, but he he's limited in speech. He can't he he doesn't have the vessels. He has a lot of light He has a very bounding light. But he doesn't have enough tikkun and yet he has to go and face and redeem and reveal the voice of hashem within pari and what is this telling us what is this explaining again this is maisha versus pari is explaining us versus the negative in the world that through us facing pari the Paray within us the power of the world the darkness in us the parts of us like maisha who had a speech impediment he couldn't speak clearly is the part of us who We don't have vessels for our atsmas, for our essence. We don't speak clearly. We don't, we have masks. We don't, we can't even express our deepest truth. We don't even know how to articulate. Like, it's like, I know something feels wrong. I know I'm worthy of different. I know my life is not flowing the way, but I don't even have words. I don't even know what's better. I don't even know how to express this. How do we make vessels to like musha to heal that and to be able to speak clearly and to be able to express and bring the light of atmos and the voice, the redeemed voice into the world, Maisha had to face parai to redeem that anaychi light, the true light, and to, for him to be able to express himself clearly. So we are like Maisha, and when we face our parai we unleash and redeem and reveal our true voice, Hashem's voice within us, and any blockages that suppressed our true voice, our authentic self-expression, our creativity, our Hashem's light through us, We all of a sudden we're like, Oh my gosh, I never had the confidence to express that. Or I never had the words or I never, I always felt so inhibited or my ego was in the way or I was people pleasing and I was worried what people think. And now I just, I could just flow and I could just express myself and it just flows out of me because I, I faced those Paro places that were suppressing my essence. So that's, that's like Maisha with inhibited speech facing Pari. It's like way past, but I'm going to take the time and read all this and, because it's it's so be, okay. Ice Zion, um, in the beginning, page eighty five. Mayshe, from the perspective of his level on his own heart of speech and heart of verbalization, was afraid. How can the vessels receive the immense lights of the bursting forth of all the lights? And this is the content of the innovation of Hashem saying to him, "Come to Pare." Hashem brought him into room within rooms. With this Hashem gave him the power, the power of the essence of Hashem, that the vessels of a soul in a body should have the ability to receive in an internal fashion all these lofty revelations from his blessed essence from him burst forth and are revealed in the lights. I didn't realize it's the same the same idea again, but that it has to happen slowly, basically, room to room. Um, okay, page 87, Aishas according to this we will also understand why come to paro is an introduction and beginning of the redemption meaning for us now in addition to the simple meaning that through come to paro in the negative sense there is the nullification and breaking of negative entity of paro as he is in full strength in the palace of the king which this is the beginning of the redemption there is also an essential matter in this so now the Reb is saying that there's every time we face our darkness we're accomplishing two things Number one, which the Rabbi which I just read, is that we're breaking the Citra we're breaking the Klipa. We're taking away the strength of the opposite side of the dark energy of the lies, because we're exposing it and we're facing it. So they lose its power. So every time Moshe came to Paro, it weakened Pari. But there's also a second purpose, which is redeeming and revealing the flow energy and using it for, for holiness. So to continue, the perfection of the redemption from Mitzrayim is bringing the Jewish people to the giving of the Torah, the revelation of the essence of Hashem, anaychi, I, in this physical world to Jews as souls and bodies, a healthy soul in a healthy body, meaning the rabbi saying in a way that we can handle it, that we can stay alive, embodied, and feel like anchored and safe with this with this light. As known that the giving of the Torah, all Jews were healed, including Misha as mentioned above, And we may say that this is also alluded to in what Hashem tells the Jewish people before the giving of the Torah, I'm going to explain all this, and you shall be for me a kingdom of Kohanim, priests, and a holy nation, that also as they are a nation in this physical world, they are holy to the extent of being on the level of a kingdom of Kohanim, high priests, which a high priest must be complete, both from the perspective of his body, as well as from the perspective of his wealth and even his special clothes are for honor and beauty as such that as the Jews are souls and bodies, they are completely, they are completely one with Hashem." Wow, so the Rebbe is saying here that what healed Maisha's speech impediment, it started with facing Parai, but eventually it completely healed when we got the Torah, meaning, that facing Pare is just a stepping stone, like facing the darkness. So we could be like, what, well, we're gonna be facing darkness for the rest of our life? Like, that's Geula? No, it's eventually we leave Mitzrayim. Like, it's not about facing darkness forever, but facing the darkness to redeem the flow light, the source light that was hidden under the darkness. And then eventually we we move beyond that and we could go towards the light of receiving the Torah. And specifically the Rebbe saying the part of the Torah that we received is anaihi the I, which is the complete transformation of the narcissist. The narcissist is I, I, I. The world revolves around me. And the transformation is the re- revelation of anaychi. I am Hashem. My I is Hashem's eye. And that healed Maisha's speech impediment. That when we access this anaychi, this truth, we why would we be afraid to speak our truth? Who cares what anyone thinks? What? I'm just I'm just a mouth. Hashem is the one who speaks through me. Like, what are you talking about? And then we have complete, so the negative energy shatters, and we all self-expressed with a, in an abundant flow way, and we have so much power. But then the rabbi brings out a point that we're kohanim, and wearing, that the kohanim wear beautiful clothes, and the way in a be- to honor them, to beautify. So the rabbi is saying, that this is not just a spiritual thing, that we're not just talking about self-expression in a spiritual way, that we're talking about bodies too, that we're talking about abundance that you're going to because you are walking around as vessels of me of Hashem you are Queens you are representing me like everything that you do is me your vessels it also has to be in the physical that of course you have to have beautiful homes and beautiful clothes and have everything you need and all the money like money grows from tree that as we know in Mashiach times money will go from trees meaning we have how can you be limited in your body physically if you're one with Hashem, there's going to be, there has to be tranquil. It has to be whole. It has to be in all areas of life. So that's why the Rebbe is saying, in body and soul, like Kohanim, that we're spiritual, we're Kohanim. But there was the Beis Hamikdash and the Kohanim were also so physical, like down to their apron and the gold and the pomegranates and and all the details of their clothes and all the details of the Beis Migdash that we're talking about as we redeem this essence and have Hashem flow through us everything is going to come to us on a silver platter. Now I'm looking at the time, gosh, it's so late. I wish I could read more, but I'm going to say the rest in my own words. And I encourage everyone to read the rest. But the next point that the rabbi brings us out very strongly is the rabbi says that we see this abundance and we see this gu'ula that when the when we left Mitzrayim, we didn't just leave, that Hashem commanded all the Yidin to go and take the gold and silver and the animals and all the riches from Egypt and take it for them that the jewish people left so rich and so abundant and then to the point that the mitsurim were so crushed from this process from the ten maca that they're like please here take my gold here take my silver take whatever you need just go and that that represents true gugula that we're at a point that we so redeem our anechi and we so are living with source and hashem's flowing through us that we don't have to be slaves anymore to parai. we don't have to be a martyr we don't have to people please we don't have to bend over backwards and suppress ourselves to get a little bit of, you know, food from Mitzrayim, like that's the old, that's the exile, like, oh, I'm going to work from six in the morning to 10 at night and not stop and go, 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 just so that I can have a little bit of validation or a little bit of love or a little bit, you know, and then Hashem saying, no, not only are we going to leave that mentality, but you don't have to do anything. You're just following me and the mystery are going to be like, take all my riches, take all my riches, like that, like when we transform and face our darkness and know how worthy we are we're going to be comfortable with the fact that of course I should have a beautiful home of course I should have abundance of course I should have all the money of course I should do have pleasure and joy because that's how Hashem wants to delight in this world it's it's not even a question it's like I don't need to change or ch- or shut down any of me it's the opposite it's the more that I allow the more abundance is going to come so the Rebbe is saying very clearly now I'm going to end off with this. That is so profound. The Rebbe, basically, now is going to explain, and he says it. He alludes to Gimel Tamas, but he uses it as a he explains about the free Dikka Rebbe. And he says, "How could it be that if the free dicker Rebbe, his voice was being used to express?" Truth and bring Gula and teach Torah and Hasidus and transform the world. How could it be that he had a stroke at the end of his life and couldn't speak? And he said, "His doc, the doctor, the Friedrich Rabbi's doctor, asks this question and says, he's the leader here. Like, why would Hashem make it that he can't speak?" And then the Rabbi says that just like Aaron spoke for maisha as as a vessel to bring, able to bring vessels that the fact that the Friedrich Rebbe couldn't speak anymore at a certain point is because every single one of us are Kohanim, like Arain, and that we have to, we, only us, we have to each of us be able to redeem the voice of Asmus through us, to express our part of Asmus through us, and the Rebbe basically was saying, in other words, he didn't say Gemel Talmuz is going to happen, but it's pretty clear that the Rebbe is saying we could ask, how could it be if the Rebbe is the one who is bringing Mashiach and it's expressing all these ideas? And the one, like, how could a Gemel Talmuz have happened? And the Rebbe is saying because it has to, we have to be vessels for this. Each of us, the Rebbe could not redeem our voice of essence for us within us, and we are like Arain who who have to make the vessels. We have Tayu, we have Tikkun, and we have to do our use our vessels to redeem our essence to flow through us that all of hashem's voice is being expressed and free through us that the rabbi couldn't have done that for us so the theme that you see carrying through is first of all is redeeming the voice and our our inner voice our inner worthiness and as a result that inner voice that knows how worthy we are getting out of all that suppression and the victimhood and the lies and from there, that, that ripples effect of being able to receive so much abundance in the, in the most physical ways, in the most beautiful ways, like down to like our homes and our clothes and money and everything, um, because we are literally queens. And the more we make ourselves vessels, vessels to receive that, and we know we're worthy of it, the more that we could have, that Hashem will give it to us because we have to be ready for it. We have to be ready to receive it. And it has to be done in a in a, in an embodied way that we can handle. All right, l'chaim! Thank you for joining.